I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we share five tips for you new advisors out there. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 28 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. And today we're going to answer one question from our audience, but we're going to spin it into five tips on what new advisors can do to grow their business. Yeah. We get that question a lot as part of our new advisor Fast Track for Growth series, mm-hmm. where we spend eight sessions teaching new advisors how to grow their business. We're going to encapsulate five uh, little tips for you here today. And uh, this all started with Cam Hendricks, CFP, where he said, old article, but could you revisit the topic? And he links to an article on wealthmanagement.com which was essentially telling advisors to sell the fact that they're younger, don't hide from it, use this to your advantage when competing against older advisors. Yeah, it's a really, it's a good question. Um, so we're going we're gonna to take that question, like Stephen said, we're going to go through five different things that we feel like um, we were wrestling with the term pointers earlier. I don't think we're going to use the word pointers. We're going to say tips for new advisors. Um, it's just, just our advice, some thoughts that are kind of coming, coming from us uh, when, it, when it's about marketing yourself as a new advisor, which we know is challenging. Right, and we can cover this as a rank order list of marketing tactics that you ought to be using. That's not the angle we're going to take today. No. These are essentially tips uh, of not only uh, activities you should use, but how you should act, how you position yourself, the confidence you should have as a new advisor, mm-hmm. because we know... It's tough. Now, you veterans out there, you don't have to tune out. You may uh, pick up a, a, a morsel or two Yes, and before, this one as well. Before we even jump into it today, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Uh, there, there's a button over here. Subscribe to our channel. I mean, you're watching the podcast. You should subscribe. All right, first one. Number one here um, is to act as if. And that's like a, a saying, right? An old axiom, act as if. Uh, and, and the point behind that one is to, I mean, if you position yourself not position, but if you come across as someone who is a hungry advisor looking to grow, people are going to run from that. I mean, you need to act as if you're already successful in terms of what you do. And that's how you carry yourself. That's your posture. That's the way you speak. It's the way you dress. All of those things matter. And we want you to go ahead and start acting right now like you've already made it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean act cocky. We've all met the cocky new advisor of, uh, you know, more than we can remember. Uh, and that's not what we're after. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about still being assertive, but with calm confidence. Mm. You're just not coming across. You're not, you know, if you get a warm lead of somebody who may have some interest in what you do, you're not calling them off the hook and texting and emailing them like this is your career on the line and you have to have their account. Yes. Calm confidence. You're following up with them, but with calm confidence. And, uh, you know, you're still able to use a little bit of the reverse psychology that we recommend for veterans. It's not, hey, Kevin, I would love to have your account. Anything I can do to get your business would be great. Reduce my fees. doesn't matter. I can make it happen. Yeah. It is more of, you know, Kevin, we need to sit down with you and, and make sure there's a fit here. We work with a, a select group of families here in the area. And before we take on a new relationship, we want to make sure, first off, we can help you. Uh, and second of all, that we, we click, that we work well together. I think that's a really good point in terms of, I know a lot of times we want to jump to solutions when, when we're, you know, especially newer um, in any kind of sales position. We want to, we, we know a lot about our solutions. So when people have a problem, we want to jump to to say, hey, yeah, we can help. We can definitely help. And that's that's a rookie mistake, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's better to sit back and, and ask questions to learn more and clarify their situation and then eventually get to that point where you're saying, yeah, I think we might be able to, to help you out here. Mm-hmm. Second up, sell your youth. And this was the article yes. that, uh, that was Cam mentioned by at yeah. Cam underscore Hendricks. 
And the premise of that article was basically that if you're younger in the business, don't hide from that. Obviously, if you're 22 years old and you don't have any clients, you don't go around bragging about how beneficial it is that you're 22 and, and you have <laughs> such a clean slate. Uh, <laughs> uh, there is an advisor. We were giving but, a presentation. Remember we were giving that LinkedIn presentation where someone started off their LinkedIn summary by saying, I have over six months of experience. It was like, oh, geez, you got to update that, that one. You got to update that one monthly. Don't do that. Every little bit of age yeah. there. Um, but we know the stats in our industry. The average advisor is roughly 48 years old. The average client is roughly 58 years old. So you can use that to your advantage. And part of the hook here is that if you're an investor who's in your 50s or 60s, you don't want to be switching advisors when you're 70, right. when you're 80. Right. So why not work with an advisor or a team that's going to be there with you for the long haul? So if you're a younger advisor, let's say you're 30 years old, you're 35 years old, you make it part of your hook to say, you know what, in our industry, we're, we're facing a battle of age here. The average client's getting older, the average advisor is almost 50, mm-hmm. and we think it's important that you have an advisor that's going to be there with you through the whole life journey, and that's how we built our team. We've got a multi-generational team here. Yeah, I think that's really good stuff. I remember working with an advisor in Boston who took that approach with a lot of his his father's friends, mm-hmm. uh, and he what he would do is he would also say let's and let's test it out, right? Why don't you carve off X, you know, and we'll hold the other firm accountable for their fees and performance, and you know, and basically he did it as a trial run, and it was fantastic. It was a great strategy, and a lot of times people were willing to start small with him. Mm-hmm. Third up, let's talk about hosting inexpensive events. Yeah, because when we think about intimate events, we sometimes think, oh my gosh, I don't have a budget for something like that. Yeah, you think two things. I don't have a budget, and I don't have many clients to invite. Yeah. And we would make the argument that neither of those should stop you from hosting small events occasionally. You just have to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. So a couple of tips on, on being smart with inexpensive events. You can partner with local businesses. Yes, that's a big one, actually. Mm-hmm. I remember an advisor we worked with up in um, – she was in the Northwest. She wanted to hold a wine tasting event but found a local art gallery that had just opened up in her community and decided to do the event there where she brought in her own bottles of wine, cooked mm-hmm. her own hors d'oeuvres, held the event for a fraction of the cost. I think it was $100 per event. And she said it looked like it was a $500 event, right? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, it was just a great venue, and the, and the local art gallery was so excited about getting some buzz going about their you know the new art gallery in the community. So leverage those. Mm-hmm. And some of the more popular ones we've seen are art gallery or car dealership or jewelry store yes. or high end clothing boutique. People that would like wealthy clients to be in their premises on mm-hmm. their premises. Um, and so you can partner with them. Oftentimes they'll give you the space for free. You cater some food in, and uh, there you go. You've got an event. What do you think, though, Stephen, about I me? Mean, I don't have clients to invite, so what, what, should, what should a new advisor do in those scenarios? I mean, typically a new advisor would have a hodgepodge. Obviously, if you've got a few clients, you'd love to have them represented at your event. That way you can kind of call it a client event. Right. But don't be afraid to go out and invite some social contacts of yours, some professional partners, accountants and attorneys, mm-hmm. some prospects, um, some family members if you have to. I mean, you you want to have events. And part of what this forces, if you said, even as a new advisor, I'm going to do one event a month, yeah, you're going to be forced to fill these things up. Yeah, right? You're going to figure out who to invite because you're not going to want to go with the same client every time. And you know what? Even if you had a couple clients there, like let's say you just had two clients there, you could still open up the event by saying, I know we have uh, a few clients here as well as some friends and family. And then people are looking around. They don't know who's a client and who's not mm-hmm. a client. Yeah, exactly right. You can also piggyback off community events. Most uh, most areas, when the weather mm, warms up good. a little bit, you've got uh, whether it's a, a concert coming through town, whether it is a, a, an arts festival, uh, a parade, 
um, any, any number of things going on in the community that you can attend and invite clients with you. It doesn't mean you're walking around and buying cotton candy for all the kids necessarily. You can be the <laughs> one who organizes this outing. Yeah. And the cotton candy would just be a nice touch. Or if you have a friend who's an expert in a particular field, mm-hmm. right? So a master gardener or... FBI sharpshooter. Yep. Uh, or someone who's uh, great with knitting. I mean, any number of things. If you've got an expert in your client base, leverage them. They'll be glad to That help. sounds like an exciting event, knitting. Knitting. Now, hey, it's going to be a blast. To each his own, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, next one. Master cold approaches with technology. Yes. We hear all the time new advisors talking about they're still doing cold calling. And we, we think that stuff always, is, always serves a purpose. I mean, you're trying to do anything you can as a new advisor to bring in business. But a lot of times when we talk to advisors who are doing cold calling, they're not doing any kind of cold outreach via LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. Really I, I can't get those. my arms around it, Kevin. I really yeah. can't. You know, and we we've been in front of so many new advisor groups in the past, and and almost every one of them has done some cold calling or door knocking, and, and it just blows me away the percentage of them that are still not using LinkedIn or Facebook to help them grow their business. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers overall, your your clients overall, whether you're a new advisor or a veteran, are on Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah. Right? Exactly. If you're a newer advisor, the percentages go way up that they're on those networks and that you can use these to not only interact with them but to uncover their connections as well. This is a great source of leads for you. Yeah, and if your firm says, oh, geez, you cannot communicate through LinkedIn, I mean, look, it's just a matter of time, but there's no excuse that you can't source prospects on LinkedIn, figure out their email address using like emailformat.com or mailtester.com and start emailing them. So a lot of times you'll get right past any gatekeepers, and if you craft a good email, you'll get their attention. Exactly right. Last one, running for mayor. Yeah, and we've used that term before to say basically make a commitment to yourself if you're a little newer in the business, or for that case, if you're a veteran in the business but you want to reignite some marketing, mm-hmm. take you know a two-year commitment. Take a five-year commitment to run for mayor in your community. Now, we're not saying actually run for office. <laughs> no, no, no. We really are. Think as, if you, think as if you were going around and you had to shake as many hands and garner as many votes as you possibly could. Kissing babies. You would attend every function you possibly could. Yeah. You would figure out ways at everything you attend, whether it's uh, part of uh, community involvement or charitable involvement, anything like that. You would figure out ways to meet new people every time you're there because mm-hmm. you know you have a vested interest in doing so. And if you're a new advisor in the community, take that few-year commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to attend every freaking thing I can during the workday, after hours. I mean, and we know many of you, younger advisors, you have younger families. And as do we, we get right. that. That is in no way an excuse for not being out and networking. And by that, we're not saying you should spend every night away from home and let your spouse work the kids. You know, this is important to my business. No, kids help you network. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're really on the ball during the day, you're networking professionally. You're finding some groups, some lunches, some ways you can donate your time in the community. And at night, you're figuring out ways that you can. Yeah, sure. Maybe there are some things that are adult specific, but there's a lot of kid friendly things you can be doing to meet new people. Yeah, I, I love the concept of a run for mayor. I see it as just as touches, right? I mean, you're just trying to create as many touches with with new people as humanly possible and make sure that they know what you do for a living. And you're being very intentional about the process. It's not that you just bump into people and you meet people haphazardly. I mean, you you're trying to meet as many people as you can right now. I, I mean, and, and being so proactive about it. Yeah, and generally, you know, success as a new advisor, as we see it, is all about the mindset. We talked about that with Matt Oxley on one of the previous episodes. But really, when we talk with new advisors who you know are going to make it and who ultimately do make it in a big way, they are fired up about growth. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try a lot of different things. They're going to work through every marketing activity under the sun to see what is going to work best for them. A little trial and error. 
But repetition is king. They're coming in fired up about the repetition, even if it's using some activities that aren't all that much fun in the beginning. Right. It gets more fun over time. So, hey, if you haven't checked it out yet, we've got a Fast Track for Growth uh, web- webinar series, for yeah. lack of a better term, that's built for new advisors. Would love to have you in it. There's information available on our website under the Coaching tab, yep. then New Advisors. If you'd so, like to ask a question like Cam did, use hashtag AskStevenKevin. You can use it on Twitter. You can use it on Instagram. And we'll feature one of your questions for the show. Thanks for joining, everybody.